0: This is The Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Wednesday, Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at the Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Today, we have a very special guest. Leah V. is an international hijabi social media influencer with over a million views combined and a new author of Unashamed Musings of a Fat Black Muslim. She plays many roles as an educator, public speaker, plus size model, recipient of numerous awards, and as an activist who's been featured by BuzzFeed, Yahoo, CBS, CBC, Huffington Post, Seventeen magazine and the New York Times in addition to landing national and international features she's worked on projects with Adidas Polaroid refinery 29 and nylon magazine and we're so excited to speak with her today let's welcome Leah to the show now we had some uh technical difficulties a little earlier, but hopefully we can get her on the line clear. We have so much to talk about, uh, including her new book that's coming out very soon. So we're going to try and um, see if we can get Leah on the line again. This is a live stream. So sometimes there are some glitches, but always great content. So I know as soon as she gets on the line, it's going to be an awesome interview. So, again, Leah's book is Unashamed Musings of a Fat Black Muslim. And she is a published author with a book deal. So this is very exciting for her and her brand. And she has a lot of exciting things going on that we're going to learn about today. am just going to give her a few minutes to call back in. And while we are waiting for her, make sure you're following this show's social media pages. As I said, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we are on all of the podcasting apps. Subscribe and rate on the podcasting apps. And when you subscribe, you get a notification every time there's a new show so you never miss an episode you might miss it with social media because of the algorithm. Sometimes things come in your news feeds, and sometimes it doesn't. but um subscribing, you get the notification right to your phone. All right, I think we are ready to go. Leah
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> all right, so we are back in. We are excited to have Leah on the show. She has a lot of exciting things going on. How are you doing today, Leah? I'm doing better. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you confident growing up, or was that something you had to grow into as an adult?
1: Yeah, I think that's something that I had to grow into as an adult. Um, when I was younger, growing up in Detroit, uh, I was always, always plus size. Um, and I was also Muslim at a time where Muslims weren't really um, in the media like that. So nobody knew what was going on with my scarf, my hijab. And so I very much so had self-esteem issues and identity issues um, that led to all, all types of things, like eating disorders and um, self-hate of my, my black, my brown skin. And um, it's something that I definitely had to go into as I've gotten older and kind of explore what it is. To be a fat black Muslim living in America
0: And how did Being Muslim specifically Play a role in your life Where that would give you More um, obstacles Versus being Christian in America
1: Yeah So unfortunately Right now we're at a time Where a lot of Marginalized people are being attacked uh, Not just Muslims but with Muslims specifically, um, the media has portrayed us to be either two kinds of things. Either you're a terrorist or you are an oppressed um, Muslim woman. And so the media constantly um, portrays that uh, you don't really get that big of a push uh, of negativity with Christianity as much as you do Islam um, in the news. And so a lot of people will come up to me and think that I am those stereotypes. And um it's really difficult sometimes because you're like, um, we're all different. We're all human beings. Like let's, let's not play us up the game, but it's right. difficult being America. Um, and not even just America, but just abroad as well, because like in Paris, they have the, you know, the hijab band and the burkini band. So,
0: yeah. And you mentioned you're originally from Detroit. Now, what made you relocate to New York? Was it for your career?
1: yeah so detroit is a very interesting place it's going through a lot of changes right now um i think that when um the black when our black mayor you know he got arrested and tried and and, and indicted with all those things he was doing and we had um a white mayor take place and now we're seeing a lot of different changes not necessarily to boost at the african-american community there and the culture that is so rich in detroit um I think the media again is portraying Detroit to be like, oh, it's on the come up, but it's on the come up for a certain kind of people, you know. What I'm saying? And so, with mm-hmm. that said, as a fat black Muslim artist, um, I felt like I can no longer thrive in Detroit, and so I came to New York because it's so effortlessly diverse here. They also have an infrastructure for what I do, um, and I've met tons. I only been here for like six months, but I've met so many people that I would never have access to in Detroit. So it was mostly for my brand to build my brand and my business.
0: So how did you discover the plus-size community initially and get active?
1: So it was through Instagram, as usual. (laughs) Um, I (laughs) was going through all types of of identity and team disorders, stuff like that. And my friends, I had already had Facebook. My friends were like, girl, you need to get on Instagram because it's, you know, it's a lot of stuff on there. I'm just like, I already have Facebook, so... I don't feel like I need to have another social media platform. And this was in 2000, what, uh, 2013. And um, I finally got Instagram and I stumbled upon the hashtag like, plus-size model. And, like, my whole world changed. Like, I've seen, I think the first picture that I've seen of, like, a plus-size black woman, big breast, big hips, killing it with Essie Golden, uh, who I actually got to meet this year in person. I've been a big fan of hers for so many years, and she's, you know, the reason why I started this this journey. And from the plus size model hashtag, I basically was like following all the body positive activists, the, the, the bloggers, the influencers, and they, they truly showed me what it was to love your body, love the body you are in now, and the body you could have or you used to have back in the day. And that that honestly opened oh my eyes up to
0: so many
1: possibilities of, of what it is to be fat, black, and Muslim in America and how to live my best life.
0: Now, did you have any obstacles Trying to get your brand off the ground as a model and as a blogger while being someone who dresses modestly.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I still I still come across those issues, uh, or even on set when I do get the gig. But um, it's definitely been a whirlwind of no's because people, unfortunately, they can't see past what they're already doing or what's already popular. And right now we see, and I'm not. Trying to shade nobody who does this. But we see right now, is just like the sex sales. And, you know, I'm going to post the booty. I'm going to post my, my boobies. And I come in like, hey, I'm a modest model, but I'm also fierce and sexy. And so it, I have to do a lot of my own promotions, put my own money into um, trying to do photo shoots and find photographers. And some photographers even just were like, you know, what? I think you're cool. I, I see what you're doing. And can I help you by, you know, allowing free pictures?
0: that's all right we know you're in new york city (laughs) yeah it's
1: always loud here always every day but anyway um and so i came across a lot of people who was like you'll never make it because you you can't model a lingerie you can't do bikinis, you can't do all this stuff you have a jab on your head you're short you can't walk your heels so you can't and i and i just kept making my building my own table building my own seat and people started messing with me heavy and respected that I would not break from all those I was getting. And I guess companies and brands started seeing, like, dang, well, okay, she got a following. People take her seriously much us best in her. And so I'm still to this day, I, I'm still shocked when I get, like, a gig or a commercial. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it, it's amazing. I'm so humbled by those experiences because, like, I'm the only, like, visibly Muslim, you know, fat plus-size model that signed to an agency.
0: So do you think your activism differs from the mainstream body positivity or you think it's all the same?
1: Um, I do think it, of course, overlaps um, because you have the plus-size models who don't really do a lot of activism, um, but they just kind of show their bodies and, like, activism is in all forms, right? Um, There are other people who are just, like, fat-accepting, some are just like straight, like they're doing some the body positive work, and they might not necessarily be um, mainstream. There's so many different overlapping levels of the body positive. Um, I think what I personally bring to the table is another level of religion and spirituality that sometimes is missing in the body positive movement. So I wouldn't say I'm doing something totally, totally different. But there are aspects, I think, that it aren't really shown right now when it comes to um, religion, spirituality, and culture.
0: Now, you are a new author. Your book, Unashamed Musings of a Fat Black Muslim, is coming out very soon. Now, first, tell us why did you even decide to write a book?
1: Um, wow. So, yeah, it's coming out October 15th. I'm very scared, but so excited. <laughs> uh, it's, I actually wrote, I'm, I'm, before all the social media stuff, to be modeling and growing up like that for my faith, I've been a writer for. A very long time. Uh, I found healing from my trauma in writing stories, and so this is actually my fourth book, um, and the, the first one is getting published. And the reason why I wrote, wrote this memoir is because, honestly, I, I just got divorced. My mom was very, very mentally ill, and was being very mean to kids, where I had to like distance myself from her for many years. My father was never ever there, and I was, you know broke, I had two master's degrees, and I was living in somebody's house that I didn't really know that well, but luckily that turned out to be an okay situation, but I was tired of people society telling me what I couldn't do, what I should look like, who I should be, and I, I angrily wrote this book, uh, and I put all my trauma and all my stories and my triumphs into, into this book in three months, and yeah, that's, that's how it turned out, and so... They liked it, and they wanted to sell it. So here I am.
0: So did you have any reservations about revealing all of these personal things about your life to the world? Did you fear you were going to be judged? Yeah,
1: I still fear that I'm going to be judged. I just actually talked to my agent. Um, and my sister, I'm just like, this is a mistake. I don't want this book to be out anymore. Like, <laughs> This is something that I don't, like, I don't think you could ever prepare. First of all, when I wrote it, I never thought it was going to be published. That's number one, because the publishing industry is so um, hard to get into. Like, they decline hundreds and thousands of books every year, and so I never thought I was going to get a book deal. Um, and so right now, it's just like, we have to see what's going to happen with it because like all my business is in there and a lot of people are going to be mad. A lot of my selling members are probably going to be angry. Um, And by the end of the day, um, these are my truths. And if you, if you like them, if you get something from it, that's amazing. If you don't, I can't make everyone like what I say. Um, If you're uncomfortable by the book, which a lot of people are going to be very uncomfortable.
0: There's some things in there
1: that's very, very raw and very gritty um, that a lot of us don't like to talk about out loud. I think it's necessary. So I'm just preparing myself right now for the backlash <laughs> and the love that that'll come from the release of this, of, of my
0: stories. Now, just from being a blogger and an Instagram, you do already have a little bit experience with online bullying, right? Yeah. So do you think writing a book and this audience for uh, being an author is a whole different ball game than the, online bullying on Instagram
1: yeah so I think that's going to be a little bit more heavier um because even stuff so like with Instagram it's very important to me but at the same time it's, it's nothing for me to beat my face and put on an outfit and you know post something online but this book is so so private it's so it's like my baby you know I'm putting me I'm putting 30 years worth of um, story to this book that I've never told anyone or never shared with anyone. And so that it kind of feels like a personal attack when somebody tries, tries to say something bad about that. Um, there's actually been a few reviews already from um, a lot of white women for some reason um, because the publishing world is very elitist and it's still very whitewashed. And I got mad. I'm just like, one girl, one lady called me Uber. And I'm just like, okay, first of all, Susan, whatever, whatever your name is. Uh, chill out with those like names. A black woman's narrative from Detroit is going to be a very different narrative from a white woman who grew up in the suburbs who might have the same experiences. You know what I mean? So I, I needed mm-hmm. her to chill out with those words that she was calling me, and because she was uncomfortable comfortable with, with my story. And so I had to calm down and understand I would probably get a lot worse than that. Um, but right. It, it, it's, it's going to be a journey, and I'm learning. I'm, I'm a, I have to learn how to not take things personally, but it's hard because it's, it's, it's my baby. So
0: so out of all of the communities you are a part of, which one do you feel the most criticism from? Is it the plus-size community, the black community, or the Muslim community?
1: Wow, that's, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> the most criticism. I want to say it's a toss-up between uh, the FAC community and the the Muslim community. When I get trolls and stuff like that, or backlash, issues from either the Muslim, um, telling me I'm not Muslim enough, or then people saying that sin privilege doesn't exist and that I'm fascist and I'm glorifying obesity and stuff like that. So it's a toss-up between those two.
0: Wow. Well, you are going to be in for a journey with this uh, book. Are you going to go on a book tour?
1: Yes, we're actually planning like a small one uh, for now. I'll be in New York um, on the book release day on the 15th. I'll be um, at a Strand a Strand bookstore, um, which is really uh, amazing because that's like my favorite bookstore in New York City and I'll be at uh, stockings in Brooklyn. I'll be at a bookshop. I'm going back home to do a mini tour. Um, we're looking at New Jersey and I'll probably be in California as well if, uh, in the beginning of November.
0: And so you can pre-order the book right now, right? Yes. Yeah. And where can you do that and where can the book be purchased?
1: Yeah, so right now they um, are pre order You can go to Amazon, find Beacons um, That's the publisher You get it from them Basically anywhere where books are sold You can pre-order so, um, But also if you go to com And go under, under the book section You can also see where the links are So you can figure out where you want to purchase
0: the book And do you have anything else happening We can be on the lookout for?
1: Hmm. Um, right now basically uh, working on uh, more modeling gigs and stuff like that. I just did a campaign for Torrid, which is really exciting. Uh, I got to do their
0: – Oh, wow. Uh,
1: working with them, and I got to be on set with a lot of, like, really huge influencers, influencers and models. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And we shot their uh, holiday campaign. So definitely look out for that. Um, hopefully you see my face in their uh, pamphlets and, and their social media page.
0: And tell us your official website and social media pages so we can keep up with everything you have going on.
1: Okay, so you have me following me on the gram at LVernon2000. And then you can also, um, I have a blog, which is net. And then my official website is com where you can see um, about any features I've been in, any, uh, where I'm going to be at, where you can see me, where you can meet me at. So, yeah, you can find me there.
0: Well, congratulations on all of your success. I really like what you're doing and what you represent. Hopefully we get a chance to work with each other in the future.
1: Yes, ma'am. That that'll be amazing. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. And enjoy the rest of your day. All
1: right, love. See you later.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you to my fabulous guest today, Leah Vernon. Make sure you check her out on her website and all of her social media pages and make sure when her book comes out you definitely got to get a copy very interesting content I've been your host this evening Shanice Lewis thank you for tuning in and supporting until next time keep thriving in your curves and be blessed you've been listening to the Shanice Lewis show for more info about the show visit Shanice dot com